Today's theme is what does this mean? Today's Bible reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, reading from the first verse. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, made, some however, made fun. Thanks, Phil, and it's every lector's fear to get that text in church because all those names is kind of it's challenging. Well done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in your great love and mercy, speak to our hearts by your Holy Spirit that we might hear Jesus speak to us and that we might receive the message you have for each of us and that Jesus may be glorified and we may be blessed. In Jesus' own precious name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, today, of course, is Pentecost Sunday. You know that. And you might be expecting that, therefore, since it's Pentecost Sunday, that I might say, Happy Birthday, Church. But is Pentecost really the birthday of the church? It's a powerful image, isn't it, of uh, the tongues of fire above the disciples' heads, a little bit like that. And we represent that by candles on a birthday cake, powerful image. The only problem with that, of calling Pentecost the birthday of the church, is that the church existed long before the day of Pentecost. So how can it be the birthday? The church, of course, is the continuation of God's people from the Old Testament. We are the called out ones. That's literally what church means. Those who are called out. Called out to do what? Those who are called out to proclaim God's glory and to share the message of God's love and hope with the world. And that was going on and happening long before Pentecost. 
And as for the church being made up, as it is, of all the people who believe in Jesus as their Saviour and Lord, those who follow Jesus, believers in Christ, and therefore Christians, that's where we get the name Christian from, followers of Christ. Christians, uh, well, where did, where did that all start? Well, it started when Jesus called the disciples to follow him. So we can argue that in Jesus' ministry, he was calling the disciples. That's the birthday of the church. And that process climaxed, of course, when Jesus died and rose again for us. And something that we all share in by our baptism, sharing in Jesus' death and resurrection. And again, that happened long before the day of Pentecost. So if Pentecost isn't actually the birthday of the church, what is it? What does it mean? And why does it matter? Pentecost is not the birthday of the church. Rather, Pentecost is the day when the church was empowered by the Holy Spirit to be God's called out ones. Empowered to be the called out ones. If you like, today is the birthday of the church empowered by the Holy Spirit in mission. The birthday of our calling to be God's people in the world. Now that's kind of a nice compromise. We still get to use the image of the birthday cake, candles, all of that stuff. And we get to eat birthday cake. Who doesn't like birthday cakes? Now, I'm not sure about the birthday candles, though. I always have uh, two minds about that because traditionally we blow out birthday candles, don't we? That's the part of the ritual. But we're explicitly told in 1 Thessalonians 5.19 to not put out the Spirit's fire. So if we're going to have birthday candles, we've got to let them keep burning and not blow them out. Pentecost is all about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And on the day itself, that raised a lot of questions for the people who saw and heard what the Spirit was doing. Now, first of all, there were tongues of fire. What was that all about? Well, that was representing the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit moved those people who had tongues of fire and were showing that the Spirit was in them. He moved them to speak in tongues. Well, what did that mean? Why is that important? Now, with a repetition of the word tongues, we have tongues of fire and we have the Spirit speaking in tongue, speaking. It's not at all surprising that many people misunderstand what was happening. Many people wrongly attribute to what was happening here to the disciples is that they were exercising the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. They were not. That's not so. The disciples were speaking actual, real languages. Luke makes a point of explicitly saying that each one heard them speaking in their own language. 
Now, that's quite different from the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues, which is a form of ecstatic prayer, or if you like, speaking in a heavenly language, not in a human one, which is what the disciples were doing. So again, we need to ask, well, what's going on here? What's that all about? Well, it only begins to make sense when we read a little bit further how those people who had heard the disciples speaking in their own language from all over the place, all those funny names was hard to pronounce, Silf, right? They heard the disciples speaking in their own language and then they said, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. And then they went on to say, what does this mean? See, it wasn't the phenomena of the disciples speaking in in their own language which was the real point. It was what the disciples were saying in their own language. The message they were sharing, that was the important bit. Now, we modern people are all too often attracted to spectacular things in life. Simply put, we like the packaging. And we're intrigued by the miracle of the disciples speaking in other languages. Oh, fair enough. But we are thereby in danger of missing the point of what it was all about. Now, clearly, the Holy Spirit had come in power. No disputing that. But what was his intention? What was he up to? Was he just putting on a good show? Well, it certainly got people's attention. The goal here, the means to the end, which was the speaking in other language and the tongues of fire, the goal here, what the Holy Spirit was wanting to accomplish was that people would hear the message about Jesus. That's what Pentecost is about. And to proclaim the greatest miracle of all, which is the resurrection of Christ and his victory over sin and death for us. In many ways, you can argue that the miracle here is not so much the disciples speaking in other languages but that equally, if not more, that the people heard the message in their own language, both speaking and hearing. And the Spirit does both. The Spirit empowered the disciples to speak and the Spirit empowered the people to hear. And the Spirit continues to do both. He's doing it right now. As he empowers people to proclaim the word and to empower us to hear the message, the message of Jesus. And not only to hear it, but to move our hearts, to soften these hard hearts so that we might receive the message of Jesus and believe in him be saved. 
that, friends, is the outcome that the Spirit was looking for. That's what he was on about. That's the goal of Pentecost. That's the focus. That's what God says is important about Pentecost. Now, following on from our text, we read about how St. Peter explained to the crowd that the disciples were not drunk as they had supposed, but that this was the fulfillment of the Old Testament promise that God would pour his spirit on all his people and his people would prophesy and proclaim the message of God. And that those who heard that message and called on the Lord would be saved. Peter then went on to preach the good news about Jesus to the crowd. And he did so this time, not in tongue, but presumably in Aramaic, in the the common language of the people. And he concludes with a call for them to repent of their sins and be baptised, which is shorthand for saying, repent of your sins, turn to Jesus, believe in him, follow him, and be baptised. It's all sort of squished in together. And with the result that, now this is a biggie, 3,000 people turned to Jesus and were saved. 3,000 people confessed Jesus and were baptised. So what is the real miracle of Pentecost? Is it the tongues of fire? Is it the disciples speaking in other tongues, other languages? Or is it that the Holy Spirit empowered God's people to share the message of Jesus and that people came to faith and were saved? Well, that leads us to ask the question then, what does Pentecost mean for God's people today? Pentecost is about the Holy Spirit empowering us to repent of our sins and believe in Jesus on a daily basis. Pentecost is about the Holy Spirit empowering us for Christian living and helping us to carry out the mission of the church, to be the called out ones, empowering us to be people who go out into the world with the message of Jesus, sharing the gospel, letting people know about the love and forgiveness and new life in Christ, and then loving people, living out the message in lives of loving service of others. Now, will everyone get that? Not even everyone in the church gets that. And as for those outside the church, there will always be some who mock and make fun, who say they've had too much wine, who say that we're babbling and talking nonsense when we share with them the message of Jesus. Well, friends, we shouldn't worry about that or get distracted by that. After all, changing people's hearts is not up to us. 
Let me say that again. Changing people's hearts is not up to us. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Our task is to share the message of Jesus as best we can, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to commit that to prayer, and with the Holy Spirit's help, to try to live out the message of God's love and forgiveness in all our interactions with the people we meet on a daily basis. Well, that's what Pentecost means for Christians generally. But what does Pentecost mean for us specifically here at Good Shepherd? It's good for us to pause today and reflect on that. What does Pentecost mean for us? What does Pentecost mean for you and your walk with Jesus? First of all, Pentecost is about God committing himself to continue to pour out his Holy Spirit over us so that we ourselves might believe in Jesus and follow him. What God's up to in Pentecost is he's pouring out his Holy Spirit so that we might be empowered as God's people to live by the love of Jesus and share the gospel with the people around us, with our loved ones, our extended family, our work colleagues, the people down the road, whoever we meet. It means that the Holy Spirit is continuing to renew us and to change our hearts and our lives so that we become more like Jesus, so that we are better able to share Jesus' love with those around us. The Holy Spirit is filling us with peace and hope so that we can persevere in this time of vacancy. And how are we going to persevere in this time of vacancy? With determination and confidence. Didn't get a prize for guessing that. And the Holy Spirit is continuing to do what he always does, which is draw people into God's kingdom and to strengthen God's people and faith, and love. Isn't that absolutely fantastic? Isn't that something really worth celebrating and praising God for? And that being the case, shouldn't there be cake? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We know that we can't follow Jesus or even know who you are without the Holy Spirit leading us to faith. We need your Holy Spirit every step of the way. Lord, we bring before you our lives asking for your renewal and blessing and help. Give us determination and confidence. Strengthen our faith. Fill us full of your love. Renew your people here. Set us on fire for you and your kingdom that we might shine with your light and love. Bless us and help us and may we be a blessing to others. Amen. And you might like to join me in with a, a famous, it's an old prayer of the church, uh, which is...
Lord, renew your church, begin with me. You might like to say that together with me. And as you say it, if you feel comfortable, I invite you to just put your arms out. That's the ancient way of prayer. And it's a gesture of reception. Say, come Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me. So we pray together. Holy Spirit, renew your church. Begin with me. Amen. We're going to sing.